What's up, my crab community? Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. My weekend was about as perfect as I could possibly imagine. It is the quintessential Sophie Cancer weekend. Last time we spoke, I think on Friday, I mentioned that a snowstorm was just starting to brew outside my window. And then by the time I woke up on Saturday morning, we had 16 inches. That is over a foot of snow. And this isn't like city snow where it melts right away because cars are constantly driving over the roads. And also city snow tends to get a little bit gross because, you know, you got dirt and grime and trash and urine and, you know, garbage running around on the streets. I live in the burbs, you know, and when snow falls in the burbs, it stays pristine white for hours. So we woke up on Saturday morning over a foot of snow. And we actually had a quick errand to run. We were we had to drop off some mail at the post office. And driving, not possible. Uh, the downside of living in the burbs is that the snow plows get to you a little bit later than they would in the city. So driving, not possible. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you drive in 16 inches of snow unless you have like a Jeep. But my humble 2008 Toyota Corolla two-wheel drive, doesn't even have her winter tires on yet. She is not physically capable of driving in that amount of snow. So we're like, let's just walk. And fortunately, um, our post office is like a five-minute walk away. So we had to get on our full gear. It was like we were dressed to go skiing, where you have uh, long socks, one layer of leggings, then you have a looser pair of leggings on top, you tuck in your shirt, then you have a turtleneck, the beanie, the gloves, the mask, the boots. These boots that I have are like, the what's the brand? Sorrel? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, it's either Sorrel or Sorrel. But anyway, it's like top-notch Alaskan fisherman rubber waterproof boots. And each boot individually probably weighs about 10 pounds. <laughs> so I am like trudging through 16 inches of snow in 20 pound boots. And my puffer is like dragging on the on the snow. And we burned some serious calories on that walk. But it was so beautiful. And um, if anyone else lives in like snowy climates, do you ever get snow blind? Like because, you know, snow um, reflects light, which is why you always see people wearing sunglasses when they go skiing. And it's doubly important to wear sunscreen because the snow will just bounce the UV rays in your face. We were snowblind the entire weekend. We had to shut all the blinds in our house because we couldn't watch TV without this massive glare. Still sitting here on Monday, I am still snowblind. I am sitting in the darkness, like fucking Nosferatu over here with all the shades pulled because it is so bright outside. Also this weekend, very cute, very cozy. We made some Christmas cookies, which is a stretch to say because um, I am not skilled or talented by any stretch of the ma imagination in baking or culinary arts. We did not bake these cookies from scratch. I'm gonna be honest with you. I bought like pre-made sugar cookies from Target and all you had to do was just decorate with icing. I think they give you three colors of icing and three variety of sprinkles. The cookies immediately out of the box are edible and fully baked. All you get to do is just decorate them however you want. You get to be creative. You get to get, get to be a little bit messy and tap into your inner child decorating cookies. They turned out a, a disaster because our ice cream, I mean, icing kind of froze. 
and it was all chunky and clunky and wasn't coming out of the bag in the appropriate fashion. So we had to get a little bit creative. We cut the bag in half and then used a, a butter knife to like spread the icing on the cookies instead of using the traditional fancy pants uh, piping method. So please, if you want to, if you want to laugh, if you want to see my really uh, horrific baking fail, head over to my Instagram at Sophie Radvan. Personally, I think I deserve a handshake from Paul Hollywood, which uh, he is a judge on the Great British Bake Off, one of the best shows on TV. I think I deserve a handshake from him, but let's be honest, they turned out to be a fucking disaster. Anyway, let's jump into our power and pressure of the day, Cancers. Our power, our Mars, is entering Sagittarius, okay? And this means two things. Number one, now is a great time to kick a bad habit. Is it smoking? Is it drinking? A lot of our vices tend to come up around the holidays simply because there's so much pressure. There's pressure to decorate your home and get in the holiday spirit and Christmas shop and see your family. So I think a lot of us kind of tap into our vices around this time as a coping, uh, coping, coping mechanism. My bad habit, I noticed, I it, okay, this has, this has been happening for a few weekends in a row now. So it's become a pattern a recurring behavior. It wasn't just a one-off thing. This has happened maybe for the past two or three weekends. And I'm honestly kind of sick of it because it makes me physically ill. Um, So on weekends, my schedule is very willy-nilly. I wake up whenever I want. I work out whenever I want. I never do work. I never answer emails. Versus Monday, Friday, I have a very set schedule. I wake up at 8 a.m. every day, which means my workout begins at 9, which means then the shower, then the emails, then the breakfast, etc., etc. But the weekend, I don't follow any sort of schedule. So my eating schedule is pretty much non-existent. And I have a really hard time listening to my hunger cues, mostly because I smoke a lot of weed on the weekends. On the weekdays, not so much just because I'm working and I don't like feeling that lazy. Plus, I don't really have the time to just like be stoned all day. So on the weekends, I doubly partake and I'll take an edible or just smoke out of the pipe and then I'm stoned. And when I'm stoned, it's nearly impossible to listen to your hunger cues because you're just fucking high. And then you got the munchies and then you don't know if you're hungry and you don't, your brain doesn't send that message of I'm full like your brain doesn't receive it the same way when you're stoned. So you're just eating, eating, eating. So my bad habit for the past three weekends has been getting high and binging to the point of sickness, to the point of physical discomfort where my stomach, you know, we've all experienced a food baby, right? Like Thanksgiving, you're so full, you poke your stomach and it is rock hard and it is the the shape of a balloon. There, listen, there is nothing wrong with indulging or having a sweet snack, but if you're doing it when... A, first of all, you're like, I'm not hungry. I'm just stoned. Or B, I'm not hungry. I'm just bored. And I don't feel hungry. I don't necessarily even feel like eating. I'm just bored. I'm just lazy. There's nothing else to do. So my bad habit is like watching TV, getting stoned. And then that craving of just, you know, sorry to sound dirty, but that feeling of just wanting something in your mouth, just uh, there's a psychological term for And it applies to cigarette smokers where the hard part about quitting cigarettes is not so much the lack of nicotine or um, 
the cigarette itself, it's that motion, that motion of inserting something into your mouth, inhaling, exhaling, taking it out, rinse and repeat for however long. So my bad habit is doing that with food where I'm just eating to the point of feeling physically sick, feeling like I might puke, feeling like uh, my stomach is is about to explode, I don't feel comfortable. And then um, guilt sets in, not because I feel like, oh my God, I'm eating too much, I'm gonna gain weight, like nothing like that. It's guilt um, because my husband always cooks dinner for me. And because I'm snacking so much throughout the day, by the time dinner is served, I'm looking at this beautiful plate of homemade food, food that my husband made from scratch with love and time and precious energy. Food is my husband's way. So, okay, so let's get into love languages quickly. My husband's love language is acts of service. So acts of service meaning he does a lot of the house chores. He does our laundry, he does the cooking, he'll take out the garbage. I do the dishes, so we they're kind of split down the middle, but if I had to say who does more around the house, it's definitely my husband. He is just, he likes to be a busybody. He likes to tinker around the house. He'll tinker with his car, then he'll tinker with the AC filter, then he'll tinker with the fridge. He's just a guy who likes to be busy and productive around the house. Plus, it's his love language, so he shows me love by cooking me dinner. And you would think that, like, I my love language in response to his love language would be to eat his food, enjoy his food, compliment his food. Oh, fuck. Sorry. I just hit the microphone. But on weekends, unfortunately, I get into this pattern where I'm snacking all day. I'm stoned all day. In my mind, I'm not thinking like, stop eating because you're going to have dinner in a few hours. You don't want to ruin your appetite. And then my husband serves me food and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm like not hungry. And then I feel bad because he's prepared this lovely dinner. And then I just end up shoving food in my face when I'm not hungry and I'm not enjoying it. Have you ever tried taking just a single other bite when you feel nauseous or sick or just full to to the most extreme level? And someone's like, one more bite. And like, you literally feel like that kid from fucking Matilda. All I can think of is that Matilda scene where she's forcing him to eat this chocolate cake and he's like about to pass out. That it has been me the last few weekends, just like choking down food because I don't want to make my husband upset because he cooked me this dinner. So my bad habit to kick is, I don't, I don't want to say I want to smoke less because marijuana really helps me to relax and unwind. And I've been having a lot of holiday rush anxiety. I talked about it in the last episode and weed really helps with that. So I don't want to like sell myself short on these relaxing methods, but maybe just, oh, actually, actually, I do have something that I've been doing. Okay, this has helped me. So I just mentioned how like cigarette smokers, it's not so much giving up the cigarette, it's giving up that mouth to hand rinse and repeat movement. So this is actually something I started doing this Sunday. When I feel that desire to have something in my mouth, I actually make tea. And this is not to say that tea is a meal replacement. It's not like I'm hungry. I'm saying, no, don't eat, have tea instead. Absolutely not. It's more like I'm so full from food and I am not hungry and I feel physically sick, but I would still love some flavor in my mouth. And I would also love something to ease my stomach ache. And tea has so many healing benefits. It tastes good. It feels good. Like just that 
sensation of warm liquid and maybe you add a dash of honey so it's just like a touch sweet and it almost feels like a dessert without making you even more bloated than you already are. Tea has so many healing benefits, especially when it comes to nausea and the stomach and the gut. Um, I love peppermint tea. I love green tea, especially decaffeinated green tea. I don't like caffeine past 11 a.m. I get the jitters and I don't sleep well. Decaffeinated green tea, you get all the benefits of green tea without the caffeine jitters. Chai tea, fruit tea, herbal tea, I love it all. Lately in my house, I've been drinking um, decaffeinated green tea, uh, peppermint tea, and lemon ginger tea. And all three of them are so healing. They, one cup of tea, like one coffee mug full of tea, completely eliminates my stomach ache, especially the ginger. Lemon and ginger is the best combo ever. So that's something I've been doing instead of eating and just making myself feel more sick when I want that flavor and I just want that sensation of picking something up and holding it to my mouth and doing it back and forth, back and forth for the for the duration of a movie, I go for tea. So if you are finding yourself maybe with some unhealthy eating habits, you're like, oh my God, I'm eating to the, to the point of ex- exploding, you know what I mean? Tea is a great way to fix that. And also just to kind of keep yourself entertained because... You get out the tea kettle, you got to wait till for the tea kettle to warm up. It's like a whole thing. Then you got to wait for your tea to stew and it just kind of kills time, you know? All right. Speaking of Mars being in Sagittarius, that also means now is a great time to tackle your to-do list. This is also in our power right now. We're being very productive. We're getting our shit in order. We're getting our ducks in a line. So my to-do list right now has been getting my life prepared for a trip I am taking next week. I am flying to New York for Christmas to see my sister and her husband and my niece for the very first time. My niece was born in peak pandemic, was born May 30th, 2020, peak pandemic. New York was fucking falling apart, overwhelmed hospitals. They had to bring in a full on Navy ship. (laughs) I don't know if you guys saw this in the news, but a, a Navy ship had to park. There's a ship park on uh, the coast of New York and it provided additional hospital beds. So my niece was probably born in the most chaotic time in our our history anyway, and uh, I'm finally getting to see her in person. So that's going to be a six, seven day trip. And right now I'm just getting all my ducks in a line to make sure that this trip is as seamless and enjoyable as possible. So that includes a lot of appointments. I'm going to the dentist this Thursday. Again, I know. Um... I'm also getting my nails done, which I talked about last episode too. I finally managed to squeeze in an appointment. So that's two appointments this week. And I also am delaying all my packages because I have this weird paranoia of people stealing mail out of the mailbox. It doesn't happen very often, especially in the suburbs. Like nobody's just walking around here. But still, I don't want to have to, I don't want to pay for something. And then UPS leaves it at the door. I'm not there to get it. It sits on the doorstep for how many days? And then someone, you know, just someone comes along and sees a box. And, you know, COVID, people are fucking crazy, okay? People are stealing cars. People are stealing bikes. People people might, might steal your fucking packages. So if you're traveling uh, this Christmas, do yourself a favor. Relieve yourself of any stress, of any headaches, and just delay your packages. So I actually have a birth control package coming. I don't anticipate any stranger to steal birth control because I don't know how they would benefit from that. But still, 
I don't want to pay for birth control. And then somebody fucking takes it. And then I'm just out of birth control for how many weeks? Like that, that terrifies me. The fact that I have this weird phobia of running out of birth control. I don't know. I'm scared of getting pregnant. I'm scared of my cycle getting all messed up. I'm scared of my husband, like getting me pregnant. I don't know. I just always feel best when I have like extra birth control laying around. So I don't want that to get stolen while I'm gone. So I'm delaying all my packages. Please deliver them once I return. So that's our power right now, Cancers. Number one, it's a good time to kick any bad habits. And number two, it's a great time to tackle your to-do list. All right, let's shift gears into our pressure. And this is something that I have dealt with my entire life. And I wouldn't be surprised if you have as well. It's something I call black sheep syndrome. Cancers, I have this theory that cancers, because we are such artistic souls and we're very intuitive souls and we go with the motion of our ocean. We don't follow anyone else's flow. We tend to be the black sheeps of the family. We're the artistic ones. We're the creative ones. We're the ones who forge our own path, march to the beat of our own drum, swim to the flow of our own oceans. And that tends to make us the black sheep. I am the only one in my family who attended a state public school. Everyone else in my family attended private, prestigious colleges. I went to ASU, aka the number one party school in the country. So if I had to, you know, looking on paper, if you had to compare education, my education would be noticeably lesser or less impressive than that. So my dad went to uh, NYU. My mom went to fucking Columbia, which I think is an Ivy League school. My sister also went to NYU. And then there's me going to Arizona State University. So so on paper alone, my education looks a little bit just different from the rest. I'm also the only one in my family who works for themselves. I don't have a traditional work life. I don't go to an office. I don't have a boss. I also don't have um, a traditional paycheck or way of getting paid. I don't get paid every two weeks by the HR department. It's entirely different. My taxes are entirely different because I'm self-employed. So that also stands out like a sore thumb. I'm also the only one in my family to like live so far away from the rest of the group. So my family is originally from the Czech Republic. I lived in Prague, the capital, for 18 years. And then the farthest anyone has ever gone besides me was New York. And my sister went to NYU because my dad went to NYU. So they already had that connection to New York. And then there's me. I went all the way to fucking Arizona. And then I went to or- to California. And then I went to Oregon. And now I live in Minnesota. So I'm the one who also just lives the furthest geographically from the rest of my family. I'm also the one in the family who looks, I don't want to, I don't want to like fucking beat myself up over here and make myself like feel bad, but I have a lot of tattoos, large tattoos, visible tattoos, hand tattoos, neck tattoos. I've also changed my hair. I'm just like, I don't know. Um, the best illusion I can say is like, I'm that kid from Wedding Crashers, the ar- the artistic, the painter of the family, the son who um, like paints naked, the naked portrait of Vince Vaughn. <laughs> I'm like that guy. I, I wear the black clothes. I used to have the black hair. I have the tattoos. I have the piercings. I have the artistic job where 
Um, my mom can't even tell her friends what I do because she doesn't really know what I do. She's like, first of all, like, how do you like she knows what a podcast is, but she doesn't know like what it takes to make a podcast or produce or publish a podcast and uh, whatever. I'm just like I'm just like the fucking black sheep in the family. And right now, cancers, um, we're dealing with that black sheep syndrome. And I have a feeling a lot of you are black sheeps as well because simply because we don't flow to anyone's motion, but our own ocean, okay? We do not adapt to anyone else's ocean, anyone else's flow, but our own. We march to the beat of our own drum and we forge our own paths. And a lot of that time, that path is very creative. And also, um, it may not be a career that pays very much. Traditionally, a lot of cancers are therapists because we're very empathetic, we're great listeners. A lot of cancers are teachers. Even though teaching is probably the most important honorable job I can possibly think of. Like you are literally shaping society through education. Teachers are notoriously underpaid. My husband's mom is a special ed teacher. Again, oh my God, she's she's basically a hero. She does not make amazing money. Teachers are notoriously underpaid. A lot of cancers are teachers. A lot of cancers are painters or dancers or poets or writers or just these really creative jobs that don't pay the same as a lawyer or a doctor or someone who works for like a corporate company. You know what I mean? So I have a feeling a lot of you are black sheeps as well. And around the holiday season, when a lot of us are reunited with our families after a long fucking time, that black sheep syndrome becomes heightened and elevated simply because your family's got questions. You know what I mean? You haven't seen your mom in probably over a year because of COVID. You're seeing her again on Christmas and she's got questions. How's your job going? How are your relationships going? How are your friends? How are, and you're just like, "Mm, okay, well, I'm still painting and I'm still, um, you know, doing that Instagram thing and I'm still, uh, making sculptures. And then your mom's like, okay, that's, that's nice. Um, okay, well, I don't understand a word you just said, but okay, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of us are feeling this internal battle between what I call like traditional point of view and a more modern point of view. Um, And also, okay, so this, uh, to get a little bit more specific, there is, um, there's someone I'm close to who is actually not, not even just one person. There's a lot of people that I'm noticing who are getting pregnant right now. <laughs> a lot of people got pregnant during COVID and that trend is just kind of continuing right now. I have a lot of friends who are having their first child and that to me is making me feel like a black sheep even more because I am still very much undecided on whether or not I want children. And seeing all my friends, or not even necessarily friends, but people you just follow on Instagram who are your age, popping out kids, it makes me feel 10 times weirder for not having kids of my own. And I ended up crying one day because I saw one of my friends post a pregnancy announcement. And on the one hand, I was so happy for her. On the second hand, I was like, fuck, am I some sort of weirdo? for not having kids yet. And not only not having kids, but not yet even knowing whether I want them. Like I'm not even decided on whether I see that in my future or not. And I started crying because I'm suddenly up in my head. I have back and forth thoughts. And I said, you know, I looked at my husband and I was like, 
What if I feel like such a weirdo without kids? What if I feel like that freak? What if I feel like that black sheep my entire life? Because this sucks. This sucks that I have to say this, but it's true. People or society. So I can only speak for myself, but like I am a 29 year old woman. I'm married. I'm a homeowner. People look at that. People look at people in my position and say, okay, so you you're married. You have a partner. You have a house. You have an income. Why don't you have the kid? And like, there's a thousand reasons why I don't have the kid, but I should not have to feel like a freak or some sort of cold hearted bitch for not wanting children. And I looked at my husband and I said, what if the pressure becomes too much and I crack and I say, I want kids. Everyone else has kids. I feel left out. I feel like a loser. I feel like a freak of nature. I want a kid as well. And my husband was like, well, okay, on the most basic level, yes. If you came to me and said, I want a kid, I would say, okay, like, let's do it. I would get you pregnant. I would shoot, shoot my shot and I would try and get you pregnant. But he was like, I want to make sure that we're doing it for the right reason. Because to do something out of fear or out of pressure or out of um, systemic traditions or views or norms, that's not a reason to do anything. And most importantly, that's not a reason to have a child. Like, yes, I'll have a child with you if that's what you truly want. But if you came to me and said, I want a kid because pressure, because everyone else is having one, because I feel left out, mm, I don't think that's a great starting point or a very strong, I just, it's just not the right reason to have a child. So I am really struggling with this because it feels like every time I turn on my Instagram, there's a new pregnancy announcement. And here I am, the same age as these people, still completely undecided. And I don't know, I'm beginning to question my own um, perspectives and beliefs and morals and values. I'm beginning to wonder how long I can stand up for myself and how long I can continue to fight against society norms. Because I'll be feeling good. I'm, I'm confident in my decision. I'm proud of the fact that I may choose a childless life. And I'm be like, yeah, that's good. That's what I feel in my heart and no bones about it. That's how I feel. And then boom, I see a pregnancy announcement on Instagram. And all of a sudden, like my whole foundation becomes shaky and I start crying like, oh my God, do I want one? Cause they have one and they, are they going to judge me for not having one? And everyone's having one and everyone, you know, it's like that saying, like if, like my mom used to say this all the time, if all your friends jump off a bridge, are you going to jump off a bridge too? And of course, the answer is no, right? But I feel like that doesn't apply to kids. My mom used to say that because I wanted tattoos or I wanted to stay out past curfew. And I would come to my mom as a teenager and say, mom, you know, so-and-so has a tattoo. Why can't I get one? So-and-so doesn't have a curfew. Why do I have a curfew? And my mom would say, are you going to jump off your bridge because your friends are? And I would be like, no. But let's say now I reverse the tables, right? And I was like, mom, so-and-so has a child. Does that mean I should have a child? And I guarantee you my mom would be like, 
she would like get like immediately flustered because now I'm using that same logic that she used on me for so many years and I'm flipping it back and using it on her in an entirely different fashion. Like just because, you know, just because my friend and, you know, my sister now has a kid and blah, blah, blah. Like, does that mean I should have a kid? And I guarantee you, she'd just be like, oh, shush. You know what I mean? Because she would have like no logical rebuttal. You know what I mean? It's just society just has this viewpoint, like you get married, you have a house, you find a lover, you got, you, you've got a stable income, boom, you have a kid. And here I am kind of fighting against the norm, like, no, 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 actually, that's not just, that's actually not how it goes. That's how it goes for some people, but that's not how it goes for everyone. And I'm, I'm really starting to question, how long can I fucking fight this? How long can I fight society's expectations for women to have children? people with vagina, vaginas and ovaries to have children. Um, I don't know how long I can do it. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to crack and just cave and fucking get pregnant, but I'm, it's hard. It's hard. It's challenging. It's emotional. And it's bringing up that black sheep feeling that I've had literally since I was in middle school. Like I've, I've, I've felt like an outsider uh, and just the different one my entire life. And I thought that that was a feeling that would go away with age because as you age, you get more confident and you're more self-assured and you're more independent and you're just in control of your life. And also you leave the family nest. So you're just out on your own and there's no white sheep to compare to your black sheep. But here I am almost 30 and I feel the same way I did as a 17 year old. I still feel like the black sheep because everyone's popping out babies and I'm standing here like I don't see it it doesn't appeal to me meanwhile I'm just carrying the weight of society on my shoulders because unfortunately we're still so traditional and conventional in some ways when it comes to women and reproduction so that's our pressure right now cancer is if you feel like a black sheep I promise I I'm with you I've been with you since my teenage years, my teenage angst. So if you feel like a black sheep, I I wish I could tell you it'll go away with age. It does not. You may feel like a black sheep your entire life, but you know what? You know what black sheep should do? Just hang out with other black sheep and then you won't be the black sheep because you'll all be black sheep and none of you will stand out and none of you will feel like the sore thumb and none of you will feel like the freak because you're just all the black sheep hanging out together. (laughs) So consider me the fellow black sheep in the herd. And hopefully that makes you feel better. All right, Cancers, that's all I have for you today. I will see you on the next episode. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Sophie Radvan. If you want to follow the show, it's at Cancer Culture Pod. I would also be so happy if you left this show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And I will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye.